there yep absolutely holy cow i gotta be on top of my mic for it to work that's amazing your mic doesn't lean forward a little bit more dude my mic is in my face doesn't look like it not gonna it doesn't, lie yeah not gonna lie it doesn't look like it from our point of view but i think you're in a different room than your mic there it is right there that, that's a good i mean your feet, lips sir. should be close to touching that that yeah. pop filter <laughs> Are you are you scared of the microphone? It looks like you're about <laughs> away. See, look how far I am away from mine. It's all good thing this video isn't being recorded. <laughs> it's not a popsicle. Calm down. <laughs> Welcome to Beyond the Table, a podcast about a team of folks who love publishing and playing board games, with topics ranging from capstone games news and industry insights, to games we're playing and fun we're having. This is episode 10, recorded on December 20th, and the convention season that just wouldn't end finally has come to a close. Hey folks, Tim here. Hey, it's Justin. Hey everybody, it's Clay. Okay, with only three voices on the mic today, we're calling a bit of an audible on our podcast schedule with a slight topic revision. Main topic tonight is going to be a recap of PAX Unplugged with a bit of a blow-by-blow breakdown of what has become one of our favorite conventions. After that, we'll discuss our holiday gaming plans this year as well as tackle a question or two from our Discord community. And with that, let's get this thing started and join me as we take this discussion beyond the table. So, guys, I just wanted to let you know that uh, airports hate me, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, so, what did you guys think of Philadelphia and uh, the lovely tropical December that uh, seemed to seem to be taking place while we were there? Uh, well, I know that my opinion will differ from Clay's, but I love the December weather, especially since we typically with the convention seasons get stuck in what 90 degree weather standing outside, you know, with uh, Gen Con being typically in August and uh, or end of July. And then um, uh, what is it? Origins is what mid, mid, mid to late June. So I'm, we're used to sticky, gross weather. And for me, it was refreshing to be able to wear a hoodie and a coat around and not be like just sweating to death, walking someplace. So I particularly like it. I know Clay has a, a bit of a difference on that, but <laughs> I do like hot weather. Okay. I love it. But I even mentioned to you guys, this is actually kind of nice. I mean, <laughs> uh, it was super cool there. Um, it wasn't like winter weather. We we're talking forties, maybe actually, what was it like 70 on Saturday? Yeah, no, the, yeah, the, the, the two days, I think it got the mid 60s. Yeah. Mid sixties, almost 70. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was nuts. Yeah, but it was it was cool because when we were setting up, it was they had the doors open and it was it was a little chilly, but you're you're moving and uh, your body temperature kind of returned to normal. But somebody made the comment of like, do you guys remember Gen Con? Just it, it was like two or three months ago, Gen Con, and it was just 
super hot and muggy and no AC and we're just dying in there like just get it set up we gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah it was a it was a, a a welcome change from from our normal summer convention uh booth setup I totally agree but yeah it, it was nice though I mean the, the weather in Philly there was a couple rainy days but you're inside most of the time so the the precipitation doesn't really matter yeah I don't think there was any huge time where we were outside walking and it was raining and getting like soaked for any reason. Yeah. Tim, did you actually make it to Philadelphia? I can't remember. I, 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 I think I'm still in the airport trying to get there. Wait a minute. I'm pretty sure my flight, my second flight just got uh, delayed. No wait. Uh, canceled. No wait. Missing connections. No wait. Uh, so yeah. Let's get to the front end of that. Cause like we were talking about, for like around origins uh, planning for packs unplugged and um, usually Tim and I drive out there. It's a good time, man. I, I really do like the drive. I mean, oh, yeah. it's cool going through the mountains in Pennsylvania. I didn't know there was mountains there, but there we are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful though. It really it is. is. It, yeah. It's, it usually is. Yeah. But uh, we uh, usually rent an enterprise truck, a 26 footer and, we leave on Wednesday morning at, I don't know, 5, 6 a.m. I do. And then I picked yeah. him up in, in a Cleveland area. I know it's not Cleveland, but it is Cleveland. It's close. We've established this. <laughs> Canton, <laughs> Cleveland, Akron. It's all the same. As soon as you hit Mansfield, that's Cleveland. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all. That's the Cleveland border, huh? It's right the there. border. Yeah. No, I keep entering Cleveland, a.k.a. Mansfield. <laughs> but no, I usually pick him up and then we drive over and um, it's cold. And we go through so many tolls and it's an adventure. But Enterprise, uh, they partnered with FedEx and Amazon and online sales have been blowing up and all of their trucks are in use. So they need to rent from Enterprise and Enterprise tells me we cannot guarantee you a truck for the times you need. So we have to, yeah, it's like we have to call an audible and ship everything out there which was an adventure in itself (laughs) i feel like it was scary but ended up being i mean i don't know cost wise if it ended up being good but for me personally you know everybody flying over and then it just being dropped off in your place even though it was late and then them coming and picking it up it made everything go so much smoother when we actually got the products yeah, so we we all booked flights, and Tim's leaving from the little airport of Canton, and I just feel so bad for you, man. I do. We, I feel so bad looking at we, this. We thought it was such a good idea. It looks so good on paper. We had a game plan, and everything was smooth. Like the freight was picked up on Monday, and it's a one day ship to Philadelphia from Cincinnati. Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday, like 7 a.m. My flight leaves. It's perfect. Everything's smooth. I land at 930 on Wednesday. Justin's like, oh, I'm going to sleep in and take off at 1 p.m. And then what time did you land? Three? Yeah, I got yeah, I got there a little after three. Yeah, mine was the earliest uh, original flight time. It was six was something. Yours? It was six. six, six something. So I was at the and it was a, it, we, we found a direct flight. Out of Canton Akron Airport, heading to Philly. It it seems like perfect because the, the Canton Akron Airport's like 
I don't know, maybe 10 minutes away from my house. And uh, yeah, I got dropped off there and uh, everything was going okay. I think we boarded, we boarded maybe five minutes late. We got on the, uh, got on the plane and they were doing their, uh, their no- normal uh, maintenance check their, you know, their checklist and apparently got to the end and had some issues with uh, a couple maintenance, maintenance problems. So I, I think they mentioned the de-icer and uh, at the, and it was cold. It was high twenties, I think. So it was, it was a pretty cold day for, for, for us, especially again, cause we ran into weather that was in the sixties just a couple days later. But, um, but yeah, so they ended up uh, taking us all off the plane. And then that's the, the first time I've been in a situation where I was like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. we're going to get on the plane. We're going to get off the plane. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see where this goes. And, uh, the original estimation was an hour, uh, to, um, to get the maintenance crew there. And they ended up getting the, getting the crew there. It didn't take too long. They came back and let us know maybe, maybe a half hour, 40 minutes after that, that, yep, they had figured out what the problem was. They were going to be able to fix it, but it was going to take a little bit longer than what they originally thought. So they, uh, they were going to have to increase the, uh, the delay. Uh, I was figuring maybe it bumps another half hour, another maybe hour. And it, it, they added another three hours on top of the original one hour. (laughs) And then, and then two and a half two hours and 45 minutes into that additional three hours they came across and said, yeah, the maintenance crew has decided they can't fix this. So we're going to have to get you a different plane. So we have one on route coming to a different gate. Now, again, it's a, it's a pretty small airport. So, I mean, it was a very short walk to the, to the other gate, but then that took another hour and 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. So adding it all up, it ended up being about uh, five and a half hours delay between when we were originally supposed to uh, take off again, earliest flight of the day, and then uh, actually getting out of there again, yeah, five and you, a half hours later. I think you got there only an hour before I did and I, I slept in and didn't don't, have to be at the I airport until don't, one. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially a 6 a.m. flight, man. Oh my God. <laughs> you have to get up early like well and this was one of those one of those things i i hadn't um this is my first flight since the uh since lockdown so it was a little bit of i didn't know exactly what to anticipate just getting through uh, getting Smart. through check-in and all that stuff but uh, that ended up going pretty uh, pretty smoothly again i was there well before the five and a half hour delay so uh so it, it was it was a fun, interesting uh, little start to the uh, to the trip. But I felt uh, but so yeah, bad. I landed <laughs> and you're like, I was like, you're probably already here or something. And he's like, no, I haven't even taken off. We're taking off at noon now. <laughs> yes. What? It's nine a.m. and I'm in Philly, and you're like, noon? You're taking off? Are you kidding me? Yeah, oh, I was so bad. <laughs> that's what we were we were trying to coordinate. I was going to be there about an hour before you you were landing originally. And then it was okay. I'll I'll find something to do for an hour, and did not have to worry about that. And it was more. Um, I didn't know that, uh, and we talked about. It, I didn't know that Justin was actually going to be landing right behind me. So uh, otherwise, I probably would have hung around and just uh, shared an Uber to the to the hotel. But um, but no, it ended again. We all got there. 
a little bit later than, than planned, maybe a little bit uh, more, more tired, a little bit more stressed out, but, uh, but we all, we all got there. Yeah. Right before I boarded, I was checking my phone and looking at the bill of lading for the shipment that we sent out two days ago to Philadelphia, which is, again, I want to reiterate that is a one day ship <laughs> from Cincinnati to Philadelphia for free. It should be. It should it's be a one day, day ship. Okay. One day. Should have been there Tuesday. So, so, so Wednesday okay. morning, I'm, I'm sitting on the plane at like, I don't know, seven o'clock right before they're taxiing back to take off. And I checked the bill, bill lading and it's estimated delivery is now, it was estimated delivery was going to be Wednesday, the day that I'm taking off. And I checked my phone and it's, oh, it's going to, it's not, it's in Maryland and which is close to Philadelphia, this, this town. And it's going to deliver the next day on a Thursday. And I just ripped my rep. What is going on? This needs to be delivered tomorrow. There's no excuses because we had to pay a premium um, for this. Usually a, a pallet to Philadelphia is around 130, 150 bucks. And um, so we, we ship six pallets. So you can do the math there. But I paid fifteen hundred dollars because oh, it's a geez. trade show. It's a trade right. show shipment, so there's some extra overhead and and, and costs. So because because you, sometimes you got to wait in line to deliver, and usually truckers just want to take twenty minutes to unload a load and then go to the next stop. But trade shows are different, so I'm like, this is ridiculous. We cannot have this miss packs on. We have to have it Thursday. And so my heart's kind of racing a little bit, but we take off and everything's fine. And I land and that's when I find out about Tim. And I felt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I went and got a haircut, man. I, I got a haircut and, and I went to, to Foods on First and walked around downtown Philly a little bit. Uh, had a great breakfast. Wait, and- you landed and then you were like, hey, you know what I could do? Let's I get a haircut. Find a place and get a haircut right now. <laughs> I can get a haircut in Philly. <laughs> you know, I have so much time. <laughs> I meant to get a haircut before, but there's this thing called time, and I ran out of it. And uh, it was looking a little shaggy, but um, this, I can't remember the guy's name, but he did a really good job and had a great conversation. It was an hour haircut. It was a good time. Uh, oh, a really geez. good conversation. Yeah. Nice. He told us about, he told me about some really good spots to eat, which we didn't even go to, which I don't well, know. We, we had so much that, on the, on the agenda <laughs> for food. Yeah. By the time I got done with that, I think Tim was just landing and I was strolling back to the hotel, going to knock out yeah. the clinic email and, um, was still kind of like. What the hell's going on with this shipment, man? And, <laughs> where's where's our stuff? Yeah, that that was my thing. Is like, where's our stuff at? So, but Tim, I think you came in around that time, and we're we're getting settled in. What did we do? Did we do anything? Didn't you guys go to that? Uh, well, maybe that was a little later. Oh no, you guys went after he got in. You guys went to the Elvez, the that's right, the Mexican restaurant. Yep. We went and walked around. Yeah, we were going to yep. get some food. That's right. Went, went and got a uh, uh, later lunch. And yeah, exactly. Walked, walked walked a little bit downtown, just trying to get our bearings, remember uh, remember the town. Because again, this is a uh, 
with the, the couple conventions that we've had there, we've grown uh, pretty familiar with a lot of the, uh, a lot of the area, at least uh, around the convention center, but always trying to branch out a little bit further each, each year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the times we took an opportunity to take a little bit of a walk. Yeah. We, uh, Elvez, man, I got these lobster tostadas and I, I had eaten at that fruit foods on first at breakfast diner place. And, um, we, we'd gone there in years past, but I told the waiter, I was like, I, I'm not hungry for like steak taco. Like tacos sound good, but that's just going to be too much. I need something lighter than that. Tacos were like 16 bucks there, which is kind of expensive, honestly. Yeah. Um, and he's, oh, you got to just, you know, a great one is the lobster tostadas. You know, if you're looking for something light and I look and it's $18, it's more expensive than a regular entree. <laughs> I was like, okay, I mean, we'll, we'll do it. And he brings it out. It's like these like freaking, it's like a cracker, like a Ritz cracker with like, a little bit of lobster yep. on it. Three of those. Little uh, half dollar sized tostada. Yeah, it's literally a half dollar. And you're just like, and there's like a little lobster on there. I was like, three of those for $18? Welcome. Well, pinky out, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Philly. Yeah. It, it was good, but not oh, yeah. $18 good. So, but yeah, then, then you landed, Justin, and we were going to go walk around, I think, some more. So we caught up with you. Yeah, I think we walked back to the uh, walk yeah, back you, to the hotel. I believe. Yeah, I checked in. You guys walked back to the hotel. We went over to a bar and had a drink, and I had a little bit of a something because I hadn't eaten. Um, oh, that was Barley's, right? Yeah, uh, yeah yep. we went over to Barley in Chinatown. Some, yeah, I had some bao buns over there, which were really good. Um, yeah, they look good. But yeah. Yeah, we uh, and then I am blanking on what we did the rest of that day. I, know I remember leaving that spot for. Oh, we a, ordered dinner. That's right. We had the. We went to the. We went to a, a a store to get. We were looking at wine, and then we ended up getting some bourbon. Oh yeah, we walked around, got some, got some glasses, got some bourbon because that was number one on Clay's list. We had to, to get a new bourbon in the room. And we're and I for all those that live in Pennsylvania, I'm sorry to say, but the reviews for Pennsylvania bourbon were not the greatest. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we tried. We we looked and looked we and were looked. Hard. And so usually we'll go top shelf when we go to conventions to get something unique, something different. Um one of the highlights of this year was Wilderness Trail. Tim picked that out from Gen Con's bank vault stored which is freaking amazing but um we got the we got this bourbon called penelope or the penelope cruise and it was it was pretty stout man that that was that was a pretty pretty strong bourbon and went back to the hotel and played some games yeah and that's and that was exactly it we headed right into uh Right into a, a couple of games, and I think most of these. Well, th- uh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say a couple. A, cu- a couple of them were were brand new. Go, go ahead, Clay. Yeah, I'll say, I I really had been. I I don't know what it was before the show started. I I Tim and I are texting like, oh, what are you going to bring? Da, 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 da. And I was like, I'm just going to bring the bloody in and some other game. And 
he's like, oh, I've never played that. Neither have I. I've had it for a few years now. And we've, we, we just broke it out. Um, for those of you who don't know, Tim does a phenomenal job at just breaking down the game from reading the rule book and keeps you engaged too. It's a unique trait and Tim, it's awesome. So Thank that's your, you. that's your designation <laughs> from here on out is to, to do that kind of stuff. It's your superpower. Yeah. So, we did so the Justin's, yeah, Justin's the, the food guy and uh, I'll, I'll just toss me the rule book. We'll figure it out. I got gotcha. yeah, it's really, it, it, I have a good time with it. I, I really do. And I don't know what it is. It's, it's just your method is really good. And we just learned the bloody end real quick and, and played it. And I thought that was a pretty interesting game the first time, just the three of us with the decisions to make and how the, the economy of the game state changes. But um, Tim, you brought up that this is basically H.H. Um, H. Holmes from uh, like I don't know, that's, the, the, the World's Fair in 1800s. And that's what it seemed like. It, it, it actually, and that's when we were looking closer, it actually is set um, about, uh, it was like 60 or 70 years earlier in France. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the, it, it, just the overall feel had that that H.H. H. Holmes, the the murder, murder Castle games that we, we've actually have seen a couple come out in the last, uh, last year, two years maybe. But yeah, neat, neat, interesting theme. That's for uh, that's for certain. It was a pretty uh, cool theme. I had a lot of fun playing it. It was like a Euro game, but I mean, you're running a hotel with your other people that you're playing with, and you're trying to lure these people that visit the hotel and use them for what their special power is. And there's a couple different ones, and um, and you're trying to murder the the guests <laughs> of the hotel. So that you can steal their money. But the thing is, when you murder somebody, they're not buried. And at the end of the round, if there's any police or sheriff that's staying inside the hotel, they're going to want to know what's up with that dead body in there. And (laughs) it's just the little thematic tie-ins like that have how the game plays is just, I think, very well done. And it just captivated me to, to really have a good time with it. It's really dark, but if you can enjoy that, it's... It's it's pretty unique theme. Really dark. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, let's see. Again, the uh, the the victory points. What was it? You had to actually convert money oh, yeah, the victory into victory points. So so right there were two kind of two economies where it wasn't just a free exchange between points and and money, but that's how you got points was you converted money into points well the uh the main the main reason you even want to do that and and uh if you haven't played it before is that the victory points cap out at 40 on the board so if you don't take a turn to convert your victory points into these ten dollar checks um if you earn victory points beyond 40 you just don't get them uh, so you have to have, so you have to then take your victory points, convert them into money, which is a one to one, but you can only do it in sets of ten, and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then you have to go down so that you can earn more victory points. That's right. But that's and a of whole course, turn, right? <laughs> yeah, that's one of your turns. And as Clay was saying, that that whole idea of if you get caught with dead bodies that aren't buried, 
uh, you have to, what was it? I think you have to pay a bribe to the grave digger. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Bury the body. So you don't get in trouble with the police go to jail, but you lose all the potential money that that body has. Again, very dark theme, <laughs> but it's fun. It's, it's uh it, it was a neat, is a neat game. And, uh, there's, there's peasants involved that it's a, it's another economy to, uh, your card playing ability. And there's some neat things with some of the higher powered ability cards that you can play that can affect the game for everybody else at the table. And I think that's neat. No, but, I thought this, I thought the same thing. Yeah. So we didn't, I mean, that, that's kind of a game where you scratch the surface and you see that there's some potential there, but we weren't able to play with that potential until later on in the show. That's true. Uh, yeah. And a later version we played, we got to see a little bit, a little bit more um, because of the cards, just they bring a lot to it. And now that, that play, I didn't get to take part in that. How did, how did that go? I will catch up with that on oh, okay. what day was it? I'm trying to find that. Was it probably the next day? I'm guessing that it was, was... Probably, it was Thursday. It was Thursday. Was it Thursday? Yeah, yeah the day before the show. Yeah. Because yeah. that was the, oh, good luck tomorrow, everybody. Yeah. Then we played after Bloody End. Who won that, Tim? Did you win that? Of course. Uh, yeah, Bloody End, yeah, I believe that that is one okay. I won. We taught Justin abandon all arch jokes after that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at Thanksgiving, or no, we're at our Christmas party for our family yesterday, and Justin's like, "I got it." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> my God, it's so good." They actually <laughs> were so Game Right sold out of it before uh, or during the convention. I tried to go on the last day when I had some time and uh, pick up all the stuff that I wanted, um, and that being on the list because I have um, some good friends of mine that are just just getting into board games um with their with their son who's uh 13 uh and so that'd be a that'd be a good intro game yeah so i have i've been collecting some of the smaller games um just good intro stuff and then also playing a little bit uh different styles we've also played like um mysterium park the kind of condensed version of Mysterium as well. So, so yeah, no, I've been trying to collect a lot of those and I, I couldn't find abandon all artichokes after we had played it on the last day. So I ended up randomly running into a last copy of it at a Barnes and Noble or something while I was out buying gifts for people. There this you go. A solid one. So yeah, it's, it's again, it's just a 15, 20 minute filler, but, uh, yeah, it's a, a what twenty twenty, so a d- relatively relatively new title. Um, let's see, M- Emma Larkins was the designer on this one. We actually, uh, she was one of our folks that came to Camp Capstone and played ride the rails with us. Yeah, that was cool. So yeah, it was neat neat to uh, neat to see w- one of her one of her titles come out and uh, and hit at least with uh, with the the local group. That, that I play with and also yeah it was good to uh, good to get that out at the uh, at the convention I liked it it was fun but we because Justin never played any of the reign of witches style like the you, you have the new one Tim um, yes Republic of virtue 
Yeah, the freebie from Hollenspiel. Yep. I've, and I bring the witches. Dude, we've we've talked about that one in the past many times. Yeah. Which I was playing wrong. I just want to make that clear, everybody <laughs> that's listening. Yes, I was playing the game wrong, <laughs> and it made it so much better when you've taught, like when you showed me the real way to play. Because the four tricolor cards, I was putting those in the bottom of the draw pile, whereas there's only one that goes in the bottom, and that's the end of the game card. The other right. three are shuffled into the deck. So they come up randomly throughout the game and it makes the game that much better. I can't believe I did that wrong, but it's hard (laughs) to get that kind of game on a four card instructions, you know, the four card size of instructions. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And even the, I mean, the, the rules that you have, it's, you gotta look, you gotta watch real close. It's, it's Mm -hmm. very easy to misread something and it kind of, sends you down a uh, down a different direction so to- totally see how you can uh, how you can make a mistake you know trying to convert those that you know the, the not many words into the actual uh, the actual actions of the of the game itself yeah i think i'm an expert yeah. at that i do that every convention nah. let's read something <laughs> teach it wrong <laughs> hold up hold up, up and got, sit down, guys yeah. i've got that i've got that in the show notes we'll get there, oh, we'll get there. okay <laughs> all right after every convention if you want to do a podcast i will be the guy that's like well i taught this wrong for the first three days you know so when we when we start and open up the booth we need to put justin right up front anyone want to learn a game wrong anyone <laughs> want to learn a game wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Step right up. <laughs> yeah, you can learn it one way in the first half of the convention, and then the last two days you get to run it the correct way. It's 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 called variance. You can you can learn different variants of the game. Good. So, so we were talking yeah. talking about Reign of Witches, Republic of Virtue. That's the uh, the twenty twenty one version. We played it. Just one time. So very, very hot take. We don't have a ton of uh, experience with it, but what did you guys think about that? Clay, what was your initial reaction? Uh, I didn't like it, honestly. Just a quick summary is uh, games like that need to be like Reign of Witches. That That is the extreme max of how complex the game needs to be. And Republic of Virtue just took it too far, in my opinion, with the extra... F- turning the card 90 degrees and the different suits on top of the suits. And it's just, for me, it was a little too much for what type of game you're presenting. Cause reign of witches, my wife can, she will happily play that. A non gamer would happily play that. A non gamer is going to say Republic of virtue. No way. That's just way too much. So I just, I'd way prefer reign of witches. And it's I didn't interesting. Mind it as oh, much. Ahead. I didn't quite mind it as much. We we played both back to back, and yes, it was. It definitely adds more to it. There's a, there's more comp. It's it didn't feel like it was more than Reign of Witches. Um, compli- uh, complicated. It wasn't more complicated for the just to be more complicated. It felt like it it, it worked out. It's meaningful. Yeah. It felt like it was a little meaningful with the, with uh, what they added to it. But I, I liked it. I liked it, and uh, I, but I liked both of them. I liked both of them pretty well. But yeah, I think Reign of Witches I may have liked a little better. 
that's that's pretty much where I was as well, Justin. And again, I was just watching you guys uh, play the Republic of Virtue, but I was I was going through a little bit of the same same I guess ideas that that Clay you were describing. I was like, wait, 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 wait. I, I'm not sure we're doing this right. Let me let, let's go back. Let's go through. Read the uh, again. Read those read four, four cards. cards. Yeah, read the Hopefully four cards right. that <laughs> four cards that have all the rules on them, and uh, make sure we aren't missing anything. Um, it, it seemed like it was it, it, like what you were saying, just a little bit more complex, and started begging the question: Did it need to be? Now, again, I'm sure it needed to be different, but uh, but Reign of Witches really seemed to uh, to fit that that mold of what what you're looking for in that type of small two player game. Yeah, it seems like a reign of witches. Reign of witches, maybe just a little bit tighter. It just threads the needle for me, mm-hmm. and I, I understand Republic of Virtue. After playing it three, four, or five times, it'll click, and then you can play it. But again, I'm looking at it through the lens of introducing it to newer gamers, and especially my wife. And I know 100% she would just be super frustrated with it because. It's so opaque in how to get from point A to point B. It's exactly what I was going to say, Clay. It, it, it definitely ratcheted up the the opacity. Just and again, not a ton, but just just enough that that kind of put it out of reach of people that want to pick up a game and, and be able to just just go. But uh, but yeah. you're, you're right. Maybe maybe uh, you know three, four, five games, and that falls away, and you don't you don't have that that issue or concern anymore. Honestly, like if you had two at the table, pick one. I'd, hands down, no question, pick Reign of Witches. All right, cool. And that, that kind of wrapped up day one. Stress day one. Str- well, why? What part well, what was stressful? I don't well, understand. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean we all I, did. <laughs> I was fine. I think I was the only one that experienced no stress. Other than Wednesday when I showed up before we went for a walk. And now I remember why we went for a walk. Clay, you actually, when I opened the door, Clay, you mentioned you you were like, I I don't know that we know where our stuff is. Yeah. It It wasn't that we had it exactly nailed down. I think that happened throughout the afternoon and evening of that, of that day. But we were still trying to figure out what's where. And on what truck and what the truck broke down, I guess. And yeah. our freight broke down in freaking Pittsburgh. We found out and the guy driving the truck didn't follow the regulation. So uh, YRC, the shipping company had no clue where the hell their shit was. And <laughs> then I find out after talking to multiple people on the phone, Oh, somebody, they, the company, the, the hub in Maryland where it was traveling to, sent a truck out to go pick up the trailer and haul it back. And it worked out in the end, but there was stress through the roof on Wednesday. (laughs) Hence the need for the Penelope bourbon, which (laughs) did its job very well. Thank you, Penelope. Yeah, that that was solid. That was solid. (laughs) So Thursday comes. So then we head into into Thursday. And that was uh, the question I have here is for the day that really summed up the day is, uh, um, Clay, where's our stuff? Yeah. Because it was, it was, so it was noon. We were going to, it was going to be delivered in the booth at noon. That was the original. I mean, th- this actually sounded pretty close to my whole flight delay. Now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it, it was supposed to be there at noon. How, how did it go down? 
Well, you brought the delays, Tim, from probably. From I mean, to that, us. that's, that's the only happened. logical. That's the only logical <laughs> explanation. <laughs> we went to Reading Market for breakfast. I'm pretty sure. I don't know because I was yeah, so we stressed. Did. We had the. Yeah, we did. Sorry. Yep. Uh, I food interjection is we had the um, the Amish place right in the Reading Market. We sat at the. Oh, counter. we did the diner place. I forget what the name of it is now. Um, I don't know dumpling but, or something. I don't, I don't know. know, but it was very good. Um, and Clay was trying to get up early so he can go check just to, just in case. Oh my god, they were going to be guys, there. Remember how my phone was being stupid and yes. you couldn't connect oh, to the network? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have a Google Pixel 4A, the worst phone on the planet. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Google Six Pro to be delivered in January and. As soon as I get into downtown Philly, it's mobile network not found. And trying to coordinate with the freight companies is a nightmare. But anyway, oh my God, dude, it's stressing me out just talking about it. <laughs> so you, so Clay dropped off of all of our all of our text threads. Yeah. Uh, and then randomly we started getting Facebook messages from me. <laughs> and, hey guys. <laughs> hey, I got this, this how to we work. <laughs> So yeah, we were just bouncing from one uh, one communication app to another. Yeah, I think we went to. I I don't honestly know, Justin. What did we do? Just walk around? Uh, yeah, I think so. We um. Oh no, we went back to the hotel for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think around noon ish or so, or maybe one, we ended up going over to to the convention center and just sitting with, uh, uh the, the badges. Yeah. And getting the badges. Oh yeah. We, w- well, right after breakfast, we went and got the badges, which was actually very smooth. Uh, the way that PAX does things. That's, I mean, all mm-hmm. compliments to PAX and the way they operate their, uh, convention is it's everything runs very smoothly. There's not really that long of lines. Um, so, and this was a fully vaccinated um, uh, convention. So we had to get wristbands that showed that you were vaccinated, and that was very quick. We went and showed our vaccination cards. They threw the wristband on us, and you were on your way. And at the same time, it's, it's shockproof. Those bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get a wet, wet wristband for like an. An hour. <laughs> That's true. It's not your typical wristband. It was a cloth wristband. Um, but yeah, they said it was uh, it, it was fine. It was yeah, you couldn't take it off. Uh, they said it was fine in the shower. Uh, what they didn't tell you is you had a soggy wrist for about an hour <laughs> until it dries up. But Clay, I was trying to remember how long did your first wristband last? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, dude, I was nervous, man, and I don't know. I must have tightened it accidentally, and it just. It's what it's a wristband that has this plastic cap that just takes the thread, and if you pull on it, it's it doesn't come undone. It just it's almost, gets yeah. It, it gets, was almost like a it, like a cloth ratchet. Yeah, it yeah, was like, it was like a, a ratchet. It had a bunch of little just, teeth in the plastic thing. Yep. So if you tried to take it, take the cloth out, that all those teeth caught it and does not let you go opposite way. Yeah. So I like choked my hand. I'm like, guys. <laughs> Sorry, but I need a new, I need a new rib. And they were super quick. I mean, like, yeah, boom, they cut it and then threw a new one on. It was no big deal. It was awesome. Like you said, Justin, like super smooth. It was cool. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, I think we walked around for a little bit. We did that stuff. We went back to the hotel while we were still waiting. I think we all just kind of sat in our hotel room for uh, about an hour or so. And then Clay wanted to get over to the convention center just in case they uh, decided to show up at any point in time. Uh, So that's what we did. We went and sat at the convention center, uh, just kind of talked around a table. Clay was bouncing back and forth, just trying to figure out where everything was. And eventually... (laughs) It got there, I think, around three thirty, or was it closer yeah. to four? Three thirty. Um, I remember seeing the truck pull up. I was like, "God damn, thank you!" <laughs> but that, yeah, you were you were you were out scouting it out. Yeah, I remember you sending us a picture. That's our truck. That's our truck. Yeah. <laughs> it was like way down on the street. You saw it coming coming down yeah. the street. But I think that only and- left us like an hour and a half to get everything set up. Our, it was me, it was us, and our good friend Succubus uh, Publishing, guys that do Madara, they were delivered the same time as us, basically, and um, we were the only two companies left to, with a banner to hang from the ceiling that they were going to get to the next day, <laughs> right before the show opened, so, but we we busted, we hauled ass, man, we, we got our booth set up in like two hours, it was, mm-hmm. it was fun fast yeah and got, got the whole 20 by 30 booth set up plus the uh plus the circular hanging banner had that yeah, red we well, ended up setting up what clay you brought four five five yeah five banners well six including the hanging one right right oh yeah that's right so six banners to put together Plus the the stands and the boot, yeah, and the, oh the my carpet, God. all that stuff. But yeah, we we hauled ass, and then that was like, because everybody around us, um, all the booths around us were like, "Man, where's your stuff?" Like we kind of feel bad, and um, you know, like it's it's a big footprint, and people are wondering, like, "Wow, what is, is this? This can't be true. This can't be happening." And right, it was just a big yeah. hole. Yeah. <laughs> So we, as soon as we got it in, I think there, the people were just kind of like, "Oh, thank God!" So, I mean, we were, thanks, guys. Just want to say thanks to everybody, like Chris, Sharon, um, everybody that helped out build that. I mean, whew. <laughs> down yeah, no, the wire, it ended, it ended up working out. We ended up it getting did. everything we needed in the the time we needed. It did. It was nice. I, I'll be honest. We didn't have to drive. We didn't have to pay the tolls, pay for the gas, all the food along the way. I mean, it's it adds up. And just to be able to fly in and, I mean, quote unquote, relax. But, I mean, <laughs> who am I kidding here? Well, not to mention all of that happening and Tim just feeling worse and worse as the his tim's problems continued throughout the entire week i forgot about that oh yeah because not only was he late and then everything was late and then we're we're setting up but tim's dealing with um a non-covid related sickness you know that was yeah and that that, haunting him and that was another thing it was um it was wednesday so the the whole flight delay thing that was uh, actually while I was waiting for the plane I started getting a little congestion and then going up and down the pressurization of a 
of of the plane itself that that really messed up my sinuses yeah and i was i was hurting on thursday and friday and you you're right it was uh you know didn't have any covid symptoms and the symptoms i had were not related so it was all you know more drainage sneezing um no fever no loss of taste or smell so no coughing yeah, it was so, a head cold. Right, exactly, and that's yeah, and ended up yeah, you know getting back and getting that all diagnosed. But yeah, the the whole time there, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that's giving everyone con crud. It's not going to be COVID, but at the same time, yeah. I don't want everyone going going to Tim, uh, was, you know, going I home was with, with that. you the whole time, man. Like I ate next to you the whole time, and I, I knock on wood, still have not gotten sick. So okay, good, good, yeah, good, good. We were all I was fine. Dude, I sat next to you every night. So <laughs> <laughs> no. it, was, it was one of those things, though. You're, you're exactly right. I, I woke up Thursday morning, and it's been a long time since I had this. I, I sat up, and just my head just drained. I mean, it was yeah. ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So, so yeah, had a uh, had my mask on. Tried to stay away from people, but yeah, during uh, during during our um, our meals, obviously, we're kind of kind of closer than what I would have preferred, but, but yeah, during, during boost setup and, and also during the show, just tried to stay away much more than what I normally would, would do. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm usually, I, I like to be in the fray and this was more, all right, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll swoop in, make a couple changes on the, on the shelves and then get away. But no, <laughs> no, it, it was, that side of it was a little bit of a mess. Yeah. What did we do for dinner on Thursday night? After Thursday, setting up the booth. Thursday night was bank and bourbon. Oh my god! <laughs> this is when the going crazy. Like the Philadelphia food. Yes. Yeah. It's the the it really took off on Thursday, and then it was a nonstop good food until until we left. Yeah, I, absolutely. So so Clay, what was the drink? What was the drink you and Chris were having? The secret knock. So this is a. This is bank and bourbon. Obviously, there's bourbon involved, but they used, I think, evaporated milk. Yeah, they said something about evaporated milk. Yeah, but what it does is the bourbon you're drinking looks, it's translucent. It looks like watery, like with a hint of green. I mean, very, very like s- small shade of green, but it, it's translucent and it's it's bourbon and it is so different than what you've ever experienced before. And even Chris, Chris Whippan, who's a big bourbon guy, he was, he was just floored with the drink and <laughs> just amazed with it. Just kept talking like, man, this is just so different. And it we ended up getting, it's a sweet taste. Yeah. It is sweet. Yeah, that's right. I forget. I, I couldn't remember the taste. I just, it was freaking good. <laughs> I, I remember looking at it and, and it came out just like what you were describing. Just, it was clear. Mm-hmm. You know, it, looked, it looked like a vodka more no, than did, yeah. more than any bourbon I've I've ever seen. So that's uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to uh, to try it next year. Well, that was yeah. the thing. Clay let me try it, um, but I don't like. This like, is good. <laughs> yeah, I don't like bourbon. I didn't drink barely any of the Penelope um, because. It was that was heavy duty, man. Yeah, that for was some reason really it was straight duty. alcohol for me. <laughs> you know, it was like I was drinking rubbing alcohol. Um, but but then that stuff at Bank and Bourbon was was really good. That stuff I could drink 
a lot of, unfortunately. <laughs> well, the cool thing, it's like 14 I think, which is a pretty good price for a cocktail in downtown big city. Um, but, but you get two cocktails worth. You do. Yeah. They have the glass that they, they give you, but then they give you this little, I don't know what you call it. It's like a vial. It's not like a vial. It's bigger, but uh, another little container. Another water container, but it's, it's the freaking drink and you just fill your main drink up when you're ready for more. Yeah. And, Oh my God. <laughs> so we got two yeah, of was, those. I was going to say it, it like you got your normal, normal drink. And then it was almost like a beaker. Yeah. Of, of just this clear liquid. Yeah, it got very out of it for $14. You get two, two full glasses of it. It was a good deal. And the waiter <laughs> was saying that, you know, like two of them, you're going to feel pretty good, but three, you're just, you're done. And, <laughs> We didn't, we didn't go that far. I mean, I would not go because especially with the show and everything, but two felt great, especially after that stress and coming down from the adrenaline of where's my stuff <laughs> that that drink hit special that night. That was, we, that was, we awesome. took it all out on that restaurant. We, <laughs> we, did. we ate so much. <laughs> and, yeah. We had the fig uh, mozzarella. Oh, that's right. Oh, the glaze thing. Yeah, burrata. Yeah. I don't I think that's I don't what it's called is burrata. It's, it's a it's a mozzarella, but it's really creamy on the inside, so you cut it open. Oh, and it's oh, I love mozzarella balls like that. And then you got the car- charcuterie board <laughs> that we had. Oh, and then the dessert was well we got i got a steak or i I can't remember it doesn't matter because the dessert was where it was at (laughs) yeah my entree was just fine it was really good but that uh that apple hand pie was ridiculous and that was another like two for one price because like yeah you get you got two of these like apple turnover style desserts and with ice cream and it was it was just the right cap off to that night and Mm -hmm. A great that, meal. That was. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But that was bank and bourbon. And then we I don't know what we did after that. Then, well, that's, then we had that's that's when we headed uh, back to the to the hotel. Yeah, we headed and back I think to the that's hotel. When, yeah, that's when you ran into uh Connor. Oh, we the, had to inside Clay, up you took me upstairs for that uh meet and greet. Um, oh, and, and Tim wasn't feeling great, so he went he went back to his room. Although he got a rude awakening later on. Oh my god! <laughs> so Connor McGovey from Inside Up Games is notorious. This dude is this dude is the energy of of conventions. He is the the life. And <laughs> oh my god, man! He get he is he's just wild. He gives hugs, and he's just a great time. He really. Elevates the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we ran into Connor uh, at the meet and greet, and then we were trying to decide what games we wanted to play. So we headed over to the home too. But before we did that, we had to go get the bourbon out of Tim's room, who was half asleep. So we knock on Tim's door, and then he gets tackled for a hug from Connor. <laughs> and then I uh, had to take his shirt off before. Yes, of course he true. did. <laughs> um, <laughs> because of why wouldn't you? 
<laughs> yeah, eventually we got the bourbon and left Tim Tim to feel a little hopefully to get a little bit more rest uh, while Clay went over. Clay and I went over and we played um, we played the bloody in again. And we taught time. we taught uh, Isaac Childress and um, Price Johnson from Cephalo Fair, and uh, of course Isaac crushes. I mean, just figures out how to win the game, and that's just what he does. Though, I mean, it's, it's Tim. You need to. I, I want to see you play a game with Isaac. I think that'd be pretty entertaining. I've, I've only played it. I've only played a couple. We played uh, Pax Perfiriana Indonesia once, didn't you? Yeah, we, we didn't finish we, that one. Yeah, yeah, we started in Indonesia, and that was a that was a a fun run at Gen Con a couple years yeah. ago. And then the first, I think it was the first Pax, we, we played Pax, um, Pax Perfiriana, and we played yeah. Blackout Hong Kong. Oh, with with uh, him and. Rob Rouse Rob. from from Blue Peg Pink Peg. Blue Peg Pink Peg. Yep. Yeah. I haven't yeah, heard about that game. <laughs> it's Clay's favorite game. Favorite fister. <laughs> I remember you loving the graphic design and the art. Black. That's awesome. I just like the the, uh, the card deck that never goes away, man. It's the clock. I hate when games have the card deck as the clock. Once this deck is empty, the game is over, and it's just a giant deck. You're just like, <laughs> it's never going to end. And you have a visual representation of this never-ending <laughs> game. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. I hear yeah. But yeah, we I, we played uh, Bloody End wasn't as exciting with four players, in my opinion. Just I think three is a good spot for that. Hmm. Yeah, I think three was a good spot for that. Although it it does seem to scale well because you put out more guests with more people, but uh, I think we saw yeah. everything at that point. We we're just like, oh, yeah. it's not as deep as <laughs> we it. thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was just getting our butt kicked by Isaac. It was like, all right, possibly. <laughs> that's mind. that's very possible. <laughs> but yeah, after I mean that was kind of a nice night because everybody was walking around, you know, just like kind of pumping you up for the next day when PAX begins and everybody's well good luck you know over hope tomorrow's great and just the the before the show jitters start hitting and uh everything was kind of in place and ready to go for the first PAX in two years all right so that leads right into uh into day one Day one, packs unplugged. Anything, anything surprising happened? I mean, the, the only thing I saw, and I asked later that day, was we had we had five active demo tables uh, going on, and one of them, due to a um, a late, uh, uh, let's see, uh, what happened? We we had someone who had to bail at the last minute from a from a demo standpoint so we had one table mm-hmm. that we knew was going to be a be a little empty we were going to try to cover it uh with whoever was around but it was a, a, a table for corrosion and a, a a gentleman with again with a with a mask on came over mm-hmm. and started teaching it and i swear it looked exactly like like alex 
our uh, the the podcast producer and also does uh, some graphic design stuff for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember I, you coming by. Is Alex I here? Asked you, no, I asked Alex, you later. Yeah, yeah, I asked you later. I was like, did did Alex come to PAX? I didn't know he was coming, but there was a guy who looked and sounded exactly like him who sat down and started teaching corrosion to a group of people that you know were just wanting to demo it. So yeah, I I thought for certain that's that's what was going on. I love when people do that. They just they're so passionate about the game. They want to introduce it to others and they just say, "Hey, I'm going to teach you how to play right here right now." And they just do it. I love that. Well, and that was that was something we heard basically throughout the whole weekend was how many how many copies of Corrosion were over in the first look? Were there I three? Believe, I think three, mm-hmm. and that's what I heard there. was that those three were staying busy pretty much the whole weekend, and people just kept coming to the uh, to the demo tables trying to do the same thing, just kind of you know trying to weasel in and get a uh, get a demo in or get a play in. Yeah. What did we? I'm I'm really wanting to, you know, captivate all the food that we had because it was so good. So for breakfast, breakfast, we had Molly Malloy's. That was the first time the we biscuit, the biscuits, <laughs> the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. Biscuits. <laughs> Molly Malloy's in the uh, Reading Terminal Market has really good. Um, I uh, seemingly, I assume they're homemade biscuits. Um, and it seemed like they also had a rotational jam that went with it. Um, but yeah, the biscuits were amazing. I mean, the breakfast in general was just what we needed, you know, a little bit of meat, some eggs, you know, and then a, a nice hearty biscuit to put it's, you to sleep about halfway through. <laughs> it's a good portion <laughs> you, to really keep you fueled for the whole show. Mm-hmm. And you guys couldn't, couldn't stop talking about the coffee. Yeah. Which ended up being just, Folgers, which <laughs> on that other next day, <laughs> Clay and I and Tim are all big coffee people. Um, uh, I do a ton. I love to you know experiment with coffee and try different things and stuff. Um, but one of the best things to get early in the morning is just that like strong diner coffee and. This coffee was just every morning was just hitting the spot. Um, I don't like to do too much, you know, experimental stuff until later in the evening. But first thing in the morning, this coffee was good. And we just kept having it. And I think by like the the third day we were doing Molly Malloy's, we were like, what in the heck is this coffee? She's like, you're not going to believe it. It's just it's a restaurant uh, version of Folgers. It's a rush. It's it's Folgers for restaurants. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's good stuff, you know. I, I, it must be the story. water. It must yeah. be the water. <laughs> it's gotta so, be. But yeah, no, we were raving about the coffee and the biscuits, so that's why we we ended up going to Molly Malloy's nearly every morning. I think every morning actually. After that, it was just right. It was easy. It was the way to go. It w- they always had a table for us at that time of the day. So, and everything we had was good there. So, and then uh, Clay and I later in the week had pancakes from there that were also really good. Oh my God. Dude, <laughs> I'd love Philadelphia for the food. It is so good. I mean, but just yeah. going to the Reading Terminal Market was good. Um, Oh, that's what we did. Uh, yes, or not yesterday. The the uh, Wednesday we stopped by that uh, oyster bar 
uh, in the uh, market for lunch. We got the crab cake sandwich. That's right. Yeah, I got. you had a crab cake sandwich. And oh, stuff. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had that a couple Pearls. times as well. Pearls. That's right. Um, that was that surprisingly. Was you could get a spot there when everybody was looking for food. Yeah. People didn't want to sit down or either that or didn't realize you could order to go. And they always had yeah. an open had to, spot to hang out. And that was good, too. But yeah, we, uh, we launched the show. I think uh, it kicked off really well. And it, it's just a different atmosphere. You for, At least I did forget what type of crowd um, shows up, the interest of the crowd, what kind of games catch their eye. Um, really... Um, catchy graphics and everything like Rift Force did. We, we ended up doing Rift Force on Saturday, but um, yeah, just it, it was packed. Uh, I don't know if it was packed on Friday. I think it was Saturday it was packed, but we just had a good, good first day. Friday was real consistent with the demos. I think we, we pretty much had something going for the entire time. Um, uh, I think, at PAX, unlike some, unlike Gen Con, where uh, Gen Con feels more like a rush to get all the stuff you want uh, that could go out out of stock, um, so people are buying a ton. Uh, PAX tends to be a little more laid back. There's not a lot of buying at first. I mean, people if they know they want something, will grab it. But um, there's not a lot of buying. It's a lot of just trying stuff and seeing what's available and. And yeah, a the lot pipeline of expansion. Demoing, yeah, that that was hot. Day one was pipeline expansion. I need that. I need that. I need that. And then that was about it. Everybody was kind of like, "I want to demo. I want to play." It felt like almost every day something different was hot for us, or was at least getting hot. Um, I, I think maybe our one and two stayed the same, but our three and four thing we were selling may may have rotated a little bit, or kind of went up You're and right. down uh depending because like uh first day we didn't do i don't think we did the du- we didn't do the double table of rift force the first day we did that the second day um uh because we were trying to ad- yeah we were trying to adapt a little bit and imperial steam being such a weighty teach for people um we wanted to lighten it up with everything we had we had if we already had corrosion out and stuff like that so uh we wanted in glass road so we wanted to lighten it up a little bit and put something a little lighter out and riff did force really did well. nothing the first day and then as soon as we started teaching it uh started taking went off crazy yeah i was walking around and just a side note which will come up later but um there's a couple game stores that had a booth and i was walking and looking and just look i was really looking for um Quacks of Quedlinburg for my kids to play and didn't see a copy, but there I saw it on the shelf. Ethnos. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it and it's I said, calling to you. it was because I saw it at a Gen Con, maybe even Origins. Nah, I don't need it right now. I don't need it. But there it was again. And I decided, it was, was it, I, it was calling to you? It was. And I decided to get it. <laughs> Because I was like, this game, Paolo Mori, the designer, who's done Libertalia, he's done Blitzkrieg, and the new Caesar game, uh, he does phenomenal card-playing, card-based games that are simple but very captivating. And I really like his design style, and I've played Ethnos one other time and remembered enjoying it. And 
it was time to buy this game. And so that was my game to like, okay, guys, bloody end, we can shelf that because we've experienced what that's all about. It's time to play some Ethnos later on. <laughs> so, but that, that was my, that was my big thing for Wednesday outside of running capstone, just more personal taste. But um, I was going to say what I, I I'm, I'm looking at this stuff. So the bloody end was 2015. Mm-hmm. Ethnos was 2017. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're taking a, a little bit of a trip in the time machine back, uh, you yes, know, back five, six years. <laughs> People listening to this, I don't know if I've ever heard of the bloody end. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the company that did Twa, which you've probably not heard of before, but it's a good game. (laughs) No, um, but yeah, that, that was, I mean, that's all I got on day one. I mean, it ended really well, uh, got really busy and um, was a good, just good feeling to get back. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, real real quick, Justin, do you want to talk about your um, your rules, exploration, and discovery <laughs> with regards to Savannah Park? Right. Well, as you know, <laughs> uh, with uh, if I talked about it the last time I was on the podcast, and then I mean, anytime you're gonna, if especially in the first day or two, if you're gonna get a uh, a, a rules explanation for me from me, it's probably going to be wrong. Um, if you don't know, my role tends to be like, oh no, we need a person for this area. Uh, Justin, why don't you learn the rules real quick and hop on in? And so I tend to fill in wherever Clay needs, needs somebody. And Tim does the same, except Tim's much better at learning rules than I am. Uh, so, so I sat down and, and learned the rules. Now I was doing Savannah Park, so it was very easy rule set. Um, there's one mechanic to this game. Uh, <laughs> the only, yeah, you pick up a tile and everybody has to pick up the same tile, but somehow I taught that rule wrong. So uh, when shut up and sit down, decided to be kind enough to come and demo the game with me. I think it was my second, second or third demo that day. Um, I taught them to, Whatever the location the tile came from is where you pick the tile up from, not the uh, the actual animal <laughs> tile itself. Uh, so, so yeah, I, seems, taught that, I taught that which to them seems wrong. Much, it seems much more complicated. When it's you, really if you do the location. I was, <laughs> I was I was sitting there like, okay, now a, a helpful hint is that if you. If you want them to get the one that's above the fire, make sure you tell them it's this one above the single fire, you know, and make sure you're using the locations around the map to help help everybody else find which one they're looking for. <laughs> it was all wrong. It was just wrong. All you had to do was pick up a tile and go single elephant and then find everybody else finds the elephant. And then that's the one that you use. But no, I taught them very wrong. Um, they were very complimentary of my teach even though it was wrong and they didn't realize it was wrong at the time until later on, I got to see them and correct my error. And they were, they were very, very nice and, and understanding and, and uh, very good people. 
Um, so hopefully I don't get roasted at some point. Over it. Uh, <laughs> and I, that know, is just <laughs> yeah. they were, they were, they were extremely complimentary and very, very nice. And, and, uh, I, I did get a chance to correct my error with them. So that was, it was, it was nice to do. It was a kind person. I don't know who's, who it was, but there was a guy who, um, demoed with me that corrected me and helped me figure that out. And, uh, so yeah, it was very nice of him to at least cuz some people probably get scared. Oh no, this guy's teaching me. I don't want to correct him, but he was very the guy who helped me out was very nice about it. So Oh, very good. Yeah, I remember when you you're like, "Clay, I I think I taught shut up and sit down wrong. I'm freaking out." <laughs> it's all good, man. We'll just <laughs> We'll bump into I hate, I hate teaching the games wrong as much as I do it. Too. You would think, you would think I, but I, there's always just this little, again, it was the main rule in this particular case, but there's always just some little, little thing I miss or mess up. And yeah. Well, lo and behold, I did the same thing with Blast Road. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I was teaching people to, uh, it, it, we were playing the game, but like, when it's your turn, you have your five cards in your hand and when it's your turn, you just pick one and say, Hey, I want to, I think that's what I was saying. Whereas yeah. normally what you're supposed to do is everybody selects a card and puts it face down and then you reveal and turn order. And so you have less cards to try to match what the other players have played. And that's that, the way it's, I mean, Uwe Rosenberg, he knows what he's doing, but like that way is so much better. It's so much more tense when you're picking the card, and putting it face down. So, um, yeah, I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to the best of it. I mean, we got so much stuff on our mind. It's, it's really hard to, uh, so many games and so many different rules. Yeah. I'm not was, afraid to admit when I'm wrong. It's, it's fine with me. Um, it happens to me. So. That's so how yes, anybody around. who gets to gets to meet me in person and get to learn something, make sure you check your rules after you buy it because it's probably <laughs> different. <laughs> and I I was bouncing around and I did something similar with corrosion. It was one of those things. And the graphic design, it's it's all there. It's all there on the board. And for some reason, when I was talking to folks, uh-huh. I told them something that was a little bit different than what was on the board. And it was yeah, t- totally understand. I think uh, anyone who's done a lot of demos again, it, it kind of comes out throughout the uh throughout those initial those initial mm-hmm. teaches but totally get it yeah unfortunately the demo staff we had i mean we'll, we'll cover those guys later but um they they all they all knocked it out of the park i mean connor yeah. and joe and griffin i mean everybody was winston yeah ramon they they're on one game so they know what they're doing and they know the rules inside and out it's just when we come in there to sub We've got all the games in our head, and yeah. it just you know it, it's easier for one thing to to slip. So, but it's all good because it's a demo. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what did we get for dinner that night? What did we have you, for dinner that night? You had a you Was had a business dinner. Oh, no, you it was the night before you you went somewhere, we went and uh, Justin later. and I. Justin and I went to oh boy, uh, Justin. Yeah, where we was ordered that? Um, the bre- out of the brewery. Is it, what is it? Iron Hill Iron Brewery. Hill. Iron Hill. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So Clay had a, a business meeting, and then um, we did the Iron Hill thing, and then Clay uh, had me come out with drinks later. Um, 
Went to a wine cellar. Yeah. And uh, Tim was still feeling kind of bad. So we kind of let him let him be. Yeah. That was a good night. Just more conversation. Mm hmm. No, that's and that's good. It's it's good that uh, you guys had a couple couple good evenings there. It's uh, it's it was always difficult for me not to not to partake, but it was one of those I knew very well where I belonged, and that was in my room under some blankets, <laughs> just <laughs> just trying well, to right. trying to chill and, and and rest a little bit. Yeah, because the next day I think is I noticed like oh he's he's coming around he's good now mm-hmm. I think on Saturdays when it really clicked and you were back. Um, yeah, it felt like it felt felt like a yeah the swing happened probably that uh, that Friday night Saturday morning. Yep, totally agree. Yeah, well that was perfect because Saturday was a was a good day and then we had uh, some we had a really good time uh, that night with just us three i think that whole yeah the whole night yeah that was the yeah. that was the dim sum night yeah saturday was another day i mean when you get into convention mode and run in the booth um me tim and justin are there i mean even chris and sharon Whitpan. i mean they they're there for a majority of the day and you know you're there for nine hours almost and you don't have much time to do anything in the afternoons or evenings you get dinner and maybe play a game and then go to bed. So Saturday is just bam right there, right after right after Friday's done. Saturday is there. Yeah. You get right back into the groove of things. You get yourself some breakfast. Same breakfast we had. I think we had the same breakfast every night, every every morning of the convention. Get right into the convention hall, get set up and just uh, do the thing. I think the only change we made was the Rift Force change over over that convention and or over that day. And then, uh, but yeah, everything went smoothly. Uh, just in, in the, in the groove of, of teaching and getting things done. And eventually that, that day ends up ending. Yeah. The big, so our, I was going to say the, the big thing that happened there that day was we ran out of New York zoo. Oh, kind of. Yeah, it was low. So at the, at the end of the day, that's, we yeah. thought we had run out and we started doing some math and that's when we figured out. There, Clay figured it out. He's like, there should be three cases somewhere. Yeah, and, and you had it. You had it down to the number, and we ended up finding them that next morning, I believe. Yeah, New York Zoo was hot. That was one of the hot ones, among among others. But yeah, we when we got in, like our hotel, um, we stayed in the Hilton Garden Inn next to the convention center, right in Chinatown. And Justin's like, as soon as we get in on Wednesday. Guys, we got to get dim sum. I've never had dim sum. Yeah, I, mind you, Clay doesn't even know what dim sum is. No, <laughs> I mean I, I've had plenty of barbecue. Um, I enjoy all kinds of foods. I mean, I will eat it anything if it's food, and um, so I was down. And you took us to this place. It was a it was a walk in the rain. But God yeah. damn, it was worth it, man. Holy was behind, we had to go behind the convention center. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a bit of a walk in the rain. Small place had a had a, one huge line of uh, tables and chairs. Um, uh, probably what, like 20 tables long or something like that. And, yeah. then, and then a bar. And that was pretty much it. And they were packed. 
but there's this one lady running the whole front of the front of the house by herself just killing it just getting people in and out in and out um even though there was a a long wait i think or a bunch of people in line i think we only ended up waiting like 15 minutes or so and then um she had a table for us but we opted to sit at the bar um so we sat at the bar yeah. and uh, got into the got into the menu and uh, introduced Clay to uh, soup dumplings for the first time. Um, so some, good, some barbecue pork buns, I think. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, <laughs> that one was just okay. They were huge, um, but yeah. yes, the sump, the soup dumplings were were oh. easily the star of the show. Yeah, over there they had some amazing soup dumplings. Um, but yeah, we had to, I had to go through and teach Clay how to Clay and Tim how to actually eat soup dumplings. Yeah, that, which was, I probably that was my first. Anyways, but that was my first time having having dim sum as well, and it was yeah, really appreciate you, you know, finding finding things like that. And that was a, I mean, that was a pretty well rated restaurant, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, they were really good ratings, and I, I. I'd have to look it up. Um, so if anybody has a question about what it is or something, I could, I could let you know in the discord or something, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was excellent. And then, I mean, again, all compliments to the, the, our waitress and the lady who was running the whole, whole show up there. She was ridiculously good for as busy as she was. She was a boss, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, she had, the thing is, I feel like with typical like Americans, like you would see somebody doing that, they would be all pissed off and like negative and everything. And she was full of life, just high energy, really positive and positive, right? Welcoming and just the energy was so good. It just reflected on you and just you could, you, you, I don't know, you just felt it, it just felt like a good time. I mean, that was one of my favorite meals. Even the bank and bourbon one was good too, but that was that was a nice one. Yeah, everything was good. We we sat down and we played. We learned to play Red Seven uh, yep. while we were waiting on uh, our uh, dumplings and stuff to come. So that game so, was yeah. fun too. Yeah, Red Seven. I ended up buying that also. It's <laughs> um, a good game, man. That's a that's a nice. It's, we called it the America game because. i guess it's kind of like an inside joke because i don't know who maybe it was connor from canada we were talking about red seven how you're trying to be the best after the end of your turn you have to be winning you have to be the best at something and the rules you playing whatever the rule is that you play you have to be the you have to be the best at it or you can't play it yeah and you're and you're changing the rules basically every turn so, so you're, it's you're, the, you're the game the of America. The We're the best. <laughs> yeah. I'm the best, the best one. one. So this is now the rules. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if I'm not, I'm going to change the rules. I'm going to change the rules. So <laughs> now I'm the best. <laughs> America. <laughs> so that was a really, I really enjoyed that game. Um, and it was really fun to play. We actually played it again right after we got back to the hotel that night too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So here's another one. 2014. I'm telling you time machine, time machine time. If you're looking for a good card game, red seven is great. It's a, um, 
and it's seven suits with seven different abilities, I guess. And it's rule sets aligned with them. Yeah, very very nice game. Very very elegant for what it is. But uh, then we got into Ethnos finally (laughs) on Saturday night for the first time, and oh. I just I love that because there's so many factions in that game and they all do different unique things, but uh, it's ticket to ride style where you're uh, collecting from a a uh, market and you want to play matching suits essentially to uh, gain area control in different regions on a board. Mm-hmm. But the suits the the suits do different things um, when you play. So and you don't play with all of the different factions in the game. I think there's six and that you're going to be playing. And so two or three are not even in the game. Mm -hmm. So I like that a lot. It was really good. It was probably the highlight of the games for me because it was new for me. I know clay and uh, Tim, I don't know if you had played it before, but I know clay just once played it uh, once or twice before. Uh, But yeah, that was a brand new game for me. And that was easily my highlight game. That was, so fun and even thinking about it now it's just like man i'd like to i'd like to go in and play with the the ogres this next time or the giants because we didn't get to play there's there's still factions we played twice and we chose skeletons yeah we chose i think not completely different factions from the first game we played but mostly different factions and there's still like four or five we didn't get the chance to play with yeah um, so that tells you how many are actually in the game. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good cap off to the evening. And I think Tim was starting to come around at that time and, uh, which was nice to see and, um, more Pen- Penelope bourbon, which was a, it was a good thing. So <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, definitely a good finish to the, uh, to the second day of a three day, three day convention. Yeah. So, so day three, morning kicks off at uh, the same breakfast place. Anything that was else special? Day. That was that? Oh, that was pancake day. day? Tim was not okay. with us that day. Um, I did. I bring. I mean, I brought him a coffee, but um, Tim didn't get to have pancakes with us that day. But the pancakes were like griddle pancakes, so they're crispy. Oh, yes, uh, like around the, the edges. It but then soft so in the inside. Yeah, it was oh. so good. <laughs> Molly Malloy's, man. That's my jam. It's better yeah. than the cheesesteak. I didn't even have a cheesesteak, Justin. Oh, my God. No, we did. We did. We had one cheesecake, one cheesesteak for um. Uh, oh, we did for lunch. The first day. Worst meal ever. Just going to say it. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I had a cheesesteak, but then you, they shorted you one or something like that. Something happened, and I had to go get you a one. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, our booth staff, I was getting lunch, and I miscounted. So that's what like, hey, Yeah, I just gave mine to. But, yeah, it, was, it worked out. Um, but we all got to have at least one cheesesteak. You did not, though, for the first time, get your breakfast cheesesteak. Yeah. Yeah, this that is was, the first. This is the first year I didn't. I didn't get one of those breakfasts. Yeah, Molly Malloy's was too sandwiches, was too yep. easy and too good to pass up most of the days, especially because you got the coffee with it. You got to sit down. You got coffee. You know. Yeah, Joe. Joe. I'm not going to mention full name here, but Joe, one of our booth demo guys, really cool guy, um, came by. I get. I mean, he was at Molly Malloy's on. I think. 
Thursday, the first day, right? Yeah, and then yeah. he came by again on Sunday morning, and we got breakfast together. And I learned a lot about Joe. He's a really cool guy, and um, he was he, he's he works for the IRS, does um, uh, like malware or not malware, yeah, malware and uh, ransomware, cybersecurity, cybersecurity. Yeah, hmm. he's in the cybersecurity division, and because we were talking about. Um, Alliance and Asmodee North America, how they had a ransomware attack in November. And he was like, Oh, I didn't know about that. And he was telling me like the, the terms and like, they're, they're, it's basically like spear phishing is what they're doing. Okay. And it's um, yeah, we have a single, single person. And he's like, I was like, I just don't understand how that would have. It's he's like, it's mainly done through email. They'll email you and you'll click on something within the email and that's when it just opens up the door for them. And I'm like, I get spam all the time. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Get out of here. And, um, <laughs> but he's like, yeah, but there's what they'll do is if it's a big, if it's a company and they're going for the head honcho, I forget the term he uses, like perfect, like, like they are target spear phishing. Like they are like, they're following you for weeks, sometimes months and getting to know who you're talking to, um, what kind of communication that you're having then they'll send you an email and it looks like it's coming from a certain person that you're doing business with that you need to click on something and that's when they just nail you and it's like all business for them they just want to extort you for a certain amount of money and as soon as you pay it they give you the keys back and they're off to something else wow it's dirty it's really gross but yeah he was he, he was talking about that and um he he enjoys a similar diet to what we do me and Ashley, my wife, like no, no preservatives and stuff. And, but he fasts like eight hours a day, which was, how, do you guys ever do any of that stuff? I can't, yeah, I've I done can't. intermittent, intermittent fasting is yep. probably what you're talking about yeah. where what, what it is is typically, um, you would be, uh, basically in a 24 hour day, uh, you would fit all your eating into an eight hour window. Uh, and then the goal is to be, so for example, you would start at noon and be done with all of your eating for the day by eight. Um, and so you don't need so, yeah. outside that window. Yeah. 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 And so, it, I mean, it stops you from eating too late. Um, it kickstarts your, your, your body and, and metabolism and stuff in the morning. Um, but they're supposed to be, I, I don't know. I haven't read up on a lot of it. I know I've done it before. Um, and it was actually very helpful in losing weight when I was, when I was doing it, uh, and feeling better. Uh, but, but yeah, no, there's supposed to be some really good benefits to it. Yeah. He, he does. I mean, just a good conversation with him. I mean, getting to know different types of, I guess, ways of living and it just, you know, just having a good conversation. So really enjoyed that. And uh, after that, went right back into the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, very, yeah, Sunday very was... Good. Anything, think, any, anything crazy happened on, on the last day? No, the last day was a little off and on. Uh, I think it was more of a buying day. Uh, we did have some... We did have a good amount of demos in the morning, uh, but it slowed up in the evening, uh, freeing freeing a lot of us up, especially because I think we had people leaving because Clay forgot what time the convention stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well, every um, other convention ends at 4. I know. <laughs> Let's end at 6 p.m. 
Like nobody's <laughs> going to be staying around till 6 p.m., man. Yeah, and for so the most part, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Our booth staff was a little off because we had them leaving a little early. Um, but luckily, uh, we still had everything covered. We tore down some stuff um, and uh, still did some of the lighter things and, and had still had things on the table for people to look at. Uh, well, and that but was, it was mostly that, buying, I think, at the end. Well, and, and that morning, that was uh, the Shut Up and Sit Down crew came back. Oh yeah, Again. and yeah. I think they played a full game of Imperial Steam. They did. wasn't Wasn't that they, right? They Clay? were there for almost three hours, I think. Looking yeah. at Imperial Steam, they yeah. So Tim Kaiser taught them Imperial <laughs> Steam, and um, I thought they were just going to play like a round and just get a feel for it. But because Quinn's and Matt, um, I think uh, were just talking to me about, hey, we just want to see if. You know, if this is a fit for us, we just want to get a brief overview and maybe play a, a turn or two and whatever. So, because they're they're conscious, they're not like send us a game and we'll make a decision from there. Since they're here, they're like, hey, we'll just play it. Now, like that's really cool. Thanks. And we got it set up, and they played the whole game, which was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and that tells you. I mean, I think they really enjoyed it. I mean, just from the the, the reactions I saw and. And talking to them afterwards, they I think they really really had a good time with it. So um, hopefully, there's something that comes out from them soon. And Clay, you you and I spent a little bit of that morning messing around with Ryan Courtney and what might be one of his future yeah. you know future designs right around the corner. Hopefully, yeah. Which was he has a new game. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say which I. I really liked. I mean, there were a lot of uh, a lot of key items and mechanisms that that really pulled me in. Yeah, it was it was neat. Um, I want to see a little bit more about it. I mean, the the foundation is there. I think there needs to be more of a game inside it instead of a the puzzle that it is. The puzzle, yeah. No, yeah. I got you. I mean, that's, that's Ryan. I mean, he is a he's a puzzle oriented um, designer. And I mean, you can see it in pipeline and curious cargo, but I want there to be more of a game structured around it. Um, but you know, I enjoyed it. So I want to see what, what can come of it. No, I'm, I'm same. I'm same. That's uh, so that's, we, we <clears throat> shared contact info uh, again and mentioned he's going to uh, pass along what currently is available from a tabletop simulator standpoint. And I'm, I'm planning on, running it through the ringer with a couple of the local folks I got around here. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd like to see what they say. Um, I am going to try the advanced version of that and see. Oh, absolutely. What... Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there needs to be an advanced version, but I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it feels like that's something Ryan likes to do. He likes to have that, that uh, this is how you play it. Here's the intro to it. Now let's turn it up a little bit, you know, right. and see, see if your brain melts or not and and uh, yes yes it does <laughs> and typically yeah ryan ryan will get your brain to melt a little bit but Absolutely. the moral of the story is that the game has a lot of potential um and uh hopefully it all works out yeah it's a cool theme it's distribution center so you're getting goods in and shipping them out to the city which is something i do every day <laughs> it's played the game yep. <laughs> come to the warehouse and experience what it's like dealing with freight that might not show up but uh yeah okay so, yeah, go ahead 
I was just going to say, so 6 p.m. comes around. All New York zoos all gone. Several other titles. Have, it, I mean, we we sold pretty pretty well. We're yeah. pretty well that the mm-hmm. last, especially those last couple of days. And then we start tearing the booth down. Did you get a Did you get a time on the booth? Because I'm almost positive it's a new record. Yeah, that was incredible. We we just so first of all, we were in good fortune because we were the last booth to get set up. I think the way their inventory works with uh, getting things torn out and, and returned to you, like your pallets and everything, it's a first in, first out. Or no, first in, last, last out. In, last in, first out. Right. And because we were the last ones in, all of our stuff came in first. And they were first to dismantle our overhead banner. So we we packed everything up in less than two hours. I don't have an exact. It time. was forty five minutes. It was forty. Yeah, it was oh, under oh forty five minutes. Yeah, we were <laughs> out of the minutes. Like, and we then were, I was like, it's probably not realistic. No, we were out of there uh, right before seven o'clock. Oh my god, we we hauled ass then. Jeez. <laughs> oh yeah. So then I thought, wow. Yeah, yeah, that was fast. Oh my goodness. You guys want yeah, to know something? We we left some of the we did leave the carpet, so hopefully yeah. in the next in the future iterations of the booth, you'll see some new carpet. We need new carpet, though. It was pretty nasty, like uh, not nasty <laughs> and unclean, but like frayed and corners missing. And it was worn. Was, it was yeah, worn. Yeah, it was used. It's, it's seen its fair <laughs> share of conventions. That was from that was from twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. That mm-hmm. carpet. So oh, wow, pretty. Yeah, it's been through the ringer, but I still don't have the freight guys from from back what? Yeah, it's supposed to be delivered tomorrow, so we'll see if that is true. But holy cow, is this? I don't like get it's it, man. Going well. Yeah. Luckily, so, there's no other conventions that you have to send any of it off. I know, like the tables <laughs> and the chairs that we have. Yeah, but yeah, it's moving. It's in Ohio, but anyway. Oh goodness we got out of there quick and, and and that's what i was gonna say after the quick uh after the quick new record uh tear down it was off to uh i think we, i don't uh, know one of the one of the better dinners that we had it was not so good well <laughs> the reason why it was good is a different story but we were talking about italian because we had done mexican we had done korean we did American with a bank and bourbon and it was like, let's get some good Italian. But then margaritas sounded real good after <laughs> all that. It sounded really good. So Elvez it was. But so back, back to Elvez. <laughs> so, yeah. Elvez had quite the weight, um, but uh, I checked it ahead of time. The wait was like 45 minutes, and but everybody still wanted to go there, and it sounded really good. So we went over there. By the time we got there, the wait was down to like 35 minutes or so. That sounds right. Um, but but it's 7:30. Okay, it's true. It was it was <laughs> late. It was. I mean, 7:30 is not late, but it is a Sunday. Everybody's already tired, you know. But you haven't had around, really a lunch. Yeah. Looking around, <laughs> we didn't have a bunch of options. Now Clay exercised every option. <laughs> we, were just, we just waited 
we were was, waiting outside of Elvez, and you just see Clay hopping from restaurant to restaurant across the street by himself. <laughs> you know, hey, how long's the wait? How long's the wait here? And he's just back and forth. You know, we're like, oh, there goes Clay. He's going down the street now. You know, trying to, he's trying to find any other alternative because patience is not his his forte. <laughs> so, trying to find the holy grail. I yeah. want to have the perfect restaurant that no one really, else wants to be at. Yeah, really good food that's not busy right now. As a convention lets out, I found one. I found a sushi place, and and it was kind of a pause. Like, guys, ready for sushi? You guys want to do it? They can take us right now. Uh, actually. We're going to do the Elvez tonight, so <laughs> why don't you come back over here? <laughs> now, unfortunately, Elvez did take an extra 10 to 20 minutes past what they – I think it was 10 minutes. It was an extra 10 minutes past what they told me um, because, I don't know, something was goofy with the system and they didn't. They were waiting on a singular table, and I think those people were taking forever to leave. Um, yeah. but even though they had other openings for some reason, they weren't, they weren't sitting us down. So we had to say something and they, they got us in, uh, and the food was, the food was excellent. Um, the we margaritas were pretty down. good. Big time there. <laughs> like we got a pitcher of margaritas, even refills and got some that, guac. That guacamole guac. was amazing. And goat cheese in it. And yeah. it was like super creamy. It was uh-huh. so good. <laughs> yeah, and the, we got churros. Yeah, yeah had churros. churros the had the uh, Justin. You had the five taco platter, didn't you? As well. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple Chris of us. Got the yeah. uh, got the sampler. It's not really a sampler platter. It's just pretty much here's all the tacos we offer. Um, they had. I think it had. Um, I think it. What was it? Lamb. Yeah, it was five. It yeah. was five different yep. tacos on it. So it was like a lamb taco, um, a mahi mahi taco, a uh, beef taco, a steak one, a chicken yep. one, and then a uh, carnitas one. So they I were got the three really enchiladas good. version of that, which were incredible. I mean the the one I, the best one was the vegetarian enchilada. It's just rice and beans, but it was delicious with cilantro, and then. They had this chicken Diablo, which was like a or Diabla. Mm-hmm. It was like an Italian. It was like an Italian lasagna, and it just looked super Italian in this little bowl that they give you. Um, and but then it was the an third enchilada. One was, yeah, it was. It was. It was trippy because you're thinking <laughs> Italian, but it's definitely not. And uh, it was. It was pretty good. And then there was a shrimp one with uh, some verde sauce and. Um, but the vegetarian was definitely the best. There you go. But what a wonderful cap off. I mean, that was that meal was just so so good too. On. Oh. Yep. But yeah, that was Philly, really Philly is the place for food. Philly, Philly is the place is, for Philly food. Philly is probably the best food convention um, of every of all of them. Um, Columbus has some really good food, but. Um, even though I, I love Columbus and I live here, um, Philly easily has uh, the best best selection, best best food. Uh, so much there, too. Mm-hmm. Plus yeah. all the other stuff, you know, all the <laughs> other things you can go do. Uh, it's it's e- uh, 
it'd be my most recommended. If I were to tell anybody to go to a convention, hey, you've never been to a board game convention, you should try out PAX. It runs smoothly. Uh, they have a history of good conventions. Um, the city is great. You get to do it around Christmas time if you love Christmas. Um, and they have some Christmas stuff going on downtown. There's all the historical stuff. Yeah. There's all the historical stuff you can do in Philly, um, along with just being in a a really fun city to be around. So. Yep. Just a couple years in. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yes. Our cap off to that night is we went back and and played another round of ethnos with uh, some different factions. Yeah, and I'm still it trying to figure good. this out because the first time we played, I won. And the second time we played, I got a solid last place. And oh, I had yeah, the same score. Close for you. I had the same score. So I don't know what you guys did, but you must have figured something out over it's, that, it's uh, you know, the, in between the day that we played. I think the wild card is Chris Whitpan. Yep. <laughs> he was He was playing that game. And that was the only time he's played with us. So I don't know. Could be, could be, maybe I'm not, I don't know, but yeah, it was fun. All right. Very good. Anything else about the convention you guys wanted to hit? I don't think so. I mean, I got home pretty smoothly on Monday. We left on Monday, got home pretty smoothly. I know, again, it's it's just it's Tim, so he's going to have issues. So so traveling smoothly. Can can you can you explain this? Maybe define it for me a little bit. Let me help you out. I arrived at the airport a good hour before my flight and then I sat and then my flight was on time. And then I got on and then I got home. When, when you say good. your flight was on time, I, I, I just don't understand. I mean, it doesn't, it's not making sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I this was the time it was supposed to be there and then it showed up and then I got on. I don't understand. I don't, it, it showed up. I don't understand. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh yeah. Coming back was only, I, I would say it was worse. It was more nerve wracking actually than going out was because, uh, this one, it wasn't a direct flight. My original, uh, you know, original reservations were a connection in Charlotte of all places, because, you know, you got to go South to come back North. And, uh, so, so what happens, I woke up and again, it was a, an early flight, got up, got ready, checked my phone just to see how the flight was doing. And it was canceled. And I was like, what? Jeez. Oh, I was like, what? What's going on? <clears throat> so yeah, I was on the uh, on the phone, couldn't really get anything uh, done via phone. So I just ended up going to the airport and ended up uh, basically cornering some folks to, to help me figure out what I could do. But it was it was very quickly. It was like, yeah, no, we, we can't get you to Charlotte. And even if we could, everything's booked. So we couldn't get you to Canton anyway. So what other city do you want to go to? Jesus. And uh, so, so I, uh, you know, got on the phone um, with my wife trying to figure out what she, you know, what city she could pick me up from at what, at what time. So yeah, I went, went through a little bit of juggling there, figured out uh, Cleveland actually was the, the, the best situation ended up. Yeah. Which is pretty much your backyard, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. 
<laughs> it's only it's only an hour away, but yeah, no, it's it, exactly. Oh my oh, goodness! Man. But yeah, no, it, it it actually ended up uh, that side of it ended up ended up working out. But yeah, I was again, it, it was just another stressful travel situation. I, I just put it up with uh, with Clay and Justin and mentioned, and was like, guys, this is why I drive. It's not that yeah. I don't like to fly. I don't like being slave to someone else's schedule. If I want to leave, I want to leave. If I want to go, I want to be able to go and um, being stuck waiting around, hoping you have a plane, hoping it shows up at the gate on time, all that fun stuff. I I don't know. It gets old for me very quickly. (laughs) I've been lucky with, I mean, knock on wood, I've been lucky with planes. I've, I've not really had any issues in any of my traveling. So... I could see where an experience like yours would just be like, I'm good for now. And, and, and just traveling for work. I mean, I've, I've flown around quite a bit, not, not like all the time or anything like that, but, but quite a bit. So I've, I've got some, some other interesting travel stories, but Holy cow, if I'm doing it for, you know, quote unquote fun. Yeah, no, this uh, five and a half hour delays and canceled flights, just trying to get home, missing connections. No, 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 no. I don't need that. Just, just, put me behind the wheel. We'll, we'll point, point East a few days later, point West. We're all set. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad, man. I felt real bad for that. <laughs> I even ran into my gate was right across your gate when you're going yeah. to Cleveland. And, hey, I'm going to get on my plane now. I feel really guilty for leaving you here, but I have to go because my plane is here. And I'd only been there a couple hours earlier yeah. than than you showing up, so no, that makes sense. He gets, yeah. But uh, hey, what? a straight shot back to Cleveland—that's not yeah. Too bad. That was yep. I didn't have a two or three hour layover in Charlotte, so okay, we'll figure it out. No big deal. Yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, ended up getting home. Overall convention seemed like went went pretty solid. Uh, at least it, from from a booth standpoint, mm-hmm. again, couple uh, couple key uh, nervous or uh, anxiety driven act, uh, act actions or activities that we had to get through. But uh, after we got through it, it seemed like it uh, ended up being a pretty good weekend. That was good. I miss. Uh, so I, I told you guys like I want to come up to Cleveland and or even Columbus and just have a nice game day here and. The winter as we approach those colder days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be we'll be picking something out here in the next uh, probably probably month or so. I'll I'll be sending out some 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 dates and we'll we'll try to plan around that. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, very good. We've got uh, what five days before Christmas. I'm looking at the uh, looking at my calendar right now. Any big plans you guys have for the for holiday gaming plans? I know for for us, we're we're heading up to visit some family in Michigan. Probably going to play some more just light, uh, light family type games. Uh, Kelly and I will probably break out a uh, a two player. Um, give you an idea. Last year, I think we played this Guilty Land and the Vote. So those mm-hmm. are the types of uh, types of games she and I tend to play. I wouldn't be surprised if we get into some Ashes since we've picked that up over the over the past oh, year. Yeah. But uh, other than that, it's probably going to be pretty uh, pretty calm for me. How about you guys? Um, 
I have some friends coming over the day after uh, Christmas. So we'll probably, they're very new to the hobby. Um, they have a 13 year old son um, uh, and an even younger daughter. Uh, but I've been slowly introducing them to uh, some lighter things. I think the heaviest thing I've played with them is Mysterium Park. Um, so some lighter things, some different concepts. Uh, that's kind of what I like to do when I'm introducing people to board games. Like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but board games can be cooperative as well. And then, you know, introduce them to some of that stuff. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we can all play at the same time and, and have a, a same goal. Uh, but yeah, um, I'll probably try and break out um, Abandon All Artichokes and Red 7 like we played. Um, just something cool to... And, and different to introduce them to. Um, but yeah, it'll be mostly that. And Clay and I's family got together this past weekend. And I think Clay got to play some strike with everybody. So yeah, we, uh, we had a Christmas party for my mom's side, which is Justin and um, a bunch of other people. And we uh, definitely non gamers. I mean, getting people to even play this game. I was just, surprised it actually happened and um we did a strike tournament with uh five groups and then the winner of each group played in a final match and oh, it came yeah it was it was a really it, it, it took 30 minutes so it was, it was super fast but um the the win the championship round was super good i mean everybody was around the table like watching and it went down to the wire with my dad winning and just you got to know him because he's just that guy that's i can't even explain talking just trash the whole time oh god yeah it's so bad it's it, whenever <laughs> so when clay first uh, just short story i don't want to drag it on too long but when clay first introduced me to board games and stuff um which is where i i learned about the, the hobby um clay and he introduced me and and his dad kind of around the same time um and so our first couple years board gaming were just like me and clay and his dad and then uh some of sometimes uh dj who you guys don't know but is a, a friend of ours um uh and a couple other people uh andrew i think uh we would all play games play games together and uh Clay's dad and I would have a rivalry uh, in in pretty much every game. We would just be at each other's throats, and he is the biggest trash talker. Um, <laughs> and it's all good natured, um, but but yeah, he uh, he loves to backstab people and 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 turn on it. And I love doing the same thing to him. So so I can imagine playing any game with with him can be dangerous. Yeah, he uh, basically what happened was it was my wife, Ashley, and him left in the championship round of strike. And she had like six dice in her hand and he had three. And he ended up hanging on by a thread with, with the di- like one or two dice and getting a match and, and whatnot. And then it got to be his turn with one dice in the bowl and he rolls and he gets he, – he matches both. So the bowl's empty and it goes to Ashley – and she rolls nothing, like just no <laughs> matches. And that's it. I was like, of course. <laughs> it was wild. But yeah, we, we had a good time with that. And then this weekend, uh, my 
father's side of the family were getting together on Christmas. Um, and my grandma on my dad's side, they, I mean, this is like where the gaming gene, I think really comes for me because they would play Euchre all the time. Um, when I was young, Euchre tournaments and Euchre family, we all huge, it's massive and, but they don't do it anymore. And I, I really miss that, but, uh, we'll be, we'll be playing all kinds of games. My grandma wants to, to, to do, um, nothing Euro style or anything, just, you know, happy go lucky kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, we'll have to hear how that goes next time. All right. So with that, let's go over to, uh, we had one question we wanted to talk about from our, uh, from discord. So Alex on discord asked, uh, what's your thought process on choosing a box size for your games? What are your favorite box sizes? So clay, you want to, uh, you want to take that one? I like the portable sizes. Um, really happy with the Irish gauge, ride the rails, Iberian iron rail series box size. It's portable. You can take it anywhere. Um, things like that. I mean, the, the PAX Premier box is really nice as well. Just a small box, nothing too outlandish like Madara. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) How are you going to take that anywhere? Like you, you can only have that in your house. So the, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, I just, if I had to pick, that'd be what I would pick. The big, the big coffin boxes. Now, is there, is there anything from a, from a publisher standpoint about, uh, yeah, I mean, do, do you really drive a decision about backs about box size or does the game design and the graphic design really drive that? It depends on your philosophy. I'm a person where I give the, game designer uh, a canvas and I let them say, Hey, I want this. I want that. I want this in my game. And so when it's all said and done, we have a list of components. We'll build the box around that. Um, the game board also will determine the size of the box. Like with pipeline, ENO tools, like you need a, you need a square game board for this game to work really well. And so a square box was, was the fit for it. But uh, you know, that's, that's the, that's how I work. Um, some companies are like, I want this, this, and this. This is what we're going to work with. You have to make your game design fit in this parameter, which I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. But um, I think you're going to start seeing a lot smaller box sizes uh, with these shipping costs going uh, pretty pretty high. So right, yeah, especially with especially with the volume based. Yeah, I think sometimes you have an idea of the box size, like. Like for Curious Cargo, we know we wanted that to be in 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 a smaller box size. I mean, we're sure. not going to tell you for sure. We're not going to go to the artist and be like, "You have to fit everything into this <laughs> box size." We already have it picked out, you know, and, and stuff. But when we go in, we're like, "Okay, we'd like this to be a smaller game." You know, it does it does have a lot of components, but I think I think we can fit it and keep it along the Watergate, Curious Cargo, Rorschach. Reforce all of those along that same, you know, that box size. It's it's a very familiar box size to us that we we really like games fitting into. Um, so we have, I think, I, I think Clay has an idea at times what he would like to be in there, but he is, I mean, yeah, it's all determined by what components and and the way the the graphic designers like it. 
No, very good. I mean, you guys are dancing around uh, my, my favorites. I, I tend to prefer squares. So like the corrosions, imperial steams for a for a large box. Oh no, I'm getting the I'm getting the head shake. You don't like that, Clay? Is I it, personally don't. It's not is my it, favorite. Is it just because it's less? Uh, it, it's it's more, bulky. It's it's not as portable. Yeah, gotcha. it's bulky to me. I mean, okay. don't get me wrong. I mean, it does the job. But I mean, if I if like in a utopian world, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't want those. But I got gotcha. you. Know and then the smaller uh, the smaller squares as well though just the one, exact ones that smaller Justin that you just mentioned I'm all about larger yeah, like squares I'm not, yeah I love those yep. I love that collection of games that we have that are all in that same box size um but but yeah bigger box for bigger box sizes I would much prefer like I don't know if anybody's seen like Feast for Odin or something like that that box style over like a big square Okay. Something that's a little, rectangle. yeah, the deep rectangle, the, the chonky boy. Yeah. The arc, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. Yeah. All Those right. Cool. Too. All right. So with that, I think we're going to, uh, that that's going to bring episode 10 to a close. So, uh, join our discord and toss a question or comment in the ask capstone channel. Uh, these can range from industry questions to game preferences, all the way to personal day-to-day questions. And with that, we'd like to invite you to join us in, the, in a couple weeks when we just discuss 2021 year in review. So we'll catch you next time. Beyond the table. Good night, folks. Hey, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Very good. Recap, like a capping off the 2021 year. Yeah, cool. there you go. All right, now you have to shut down. You have to hit the button again. I got to hit the button? All right, when do I kick Craig out? Never again will we do <laughs> Craig four conventions in a row like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was gotta, the worst. I got to imagine you you had five. I got to imagine five, you're, yeah, you're, you're wiped out. I'm done, man. I'm like, I need a break. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hit stop on this. We'll see yep. what happens. <laughs>